It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. Episode 252 of the New Utah Podcast uh, brought to you back in the studio and without Jessica. Um, she is out for the she's count. making cake magic. Cake magic? Cake magic. She's got three orders due by, I think, Friday? Wow, that's a, that's a lot of cakes. It's a lot of cakes to make. I need to adjust. Stupid cats, man. They get up here on this board. It's going to say cat hair on the table. And I'm pretty sure they... Uh, yeah, the cat. Hopefully, uh, our guest isn't allergic. To I'm the wondering cats today. when we moved all of the equipment off, if like the cats are like, "What's going on up here?" Oh, what the fuck? We got a free table to sit on. Probably. Um, they're um, yeah. This is kind of their second room, right? As Boone indicates right now, they're just jumping right up on Bree's lap. While we're we're doing something here, cat. By the way, the studio smells delightful this evening. What is that scent? Uh, incense. It's actually from my office. I was burning incense. Earlier, oh, so and it's just wafted. Yeah, into the we're studio. trying to we're trying to handle the studio to the ugly aroma. baboon. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's um, it's I don't know what I don't know what day you're listening to this. So I'm not going to tell you what day it is. Um, but this is a show all about Utah, uh, mostly. Sometimes what. What's going on? Oh, your phone's doing something. Yeah, it's showing that we're supposed to be interviewing uh, Wendy Pettit soon. Pettit? Is that how you say her name? I can't remember. I think, I think so. so. We've talked to Wendy so. before. She's she's one of our most listened episodes, actually. So. And she's delightful. Uh, we'll, we'll get to her here in a little bit, uh, but I think first, it's really important. You know, I like to go try new places that I haven't tried before. Uh, so I took Brie out on a date. We haven't been on a, just us date for a while. We've gone on a bunch of double dates and, you know, we do so many things on the weekend with friends cause fuck COVID. Um, <laughs> you know, you're one of those friends <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> yeah. So we, we just, uh, so, so generally speaking, we don't get to go out on a lot of dates because we're so busy. But, uh, this last weekend I said, we're going to go on a date. And so Takashi is still closed. Uh, for COVID, like they're still doing takeout, but they're not doing any dine-in service unless you go to the bar next door. And I don't really want to do that. So I was like, well, where else downtown can we go? Let's go to Sapa. We stopped at our friend Olio's place. Um, they had a huge sale because they're prepping to move to their they, new location. They've got the new location, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're still in the build out of the new location. Oh, okay. This location is going to get torn down at some point. Right. Um, I knew, I knew not too long ago they were kind of asking around if we knew of anything but so they found something. Uh, so they right. found an amazing thing we got to Bree and i got to see something that only a handful of people have seen so far uh which is the rough floor plans nice floor space so i i get the impression that olio is leasing the entire space and then subletting to different groups oh I'm unsure about that. They're, they might be co-leasing with, like, um, with Hello Bulk. Bulk. Hello Bulk. Isn't that the name of it? Hello Bulk? Yes. Where's, it's in that same general... Yeah, so it's like, it's just a couple blocks away. It's like, um, across from where Blue Plate is. Oh, now. okay. Well, Blue yeah, Plate's yeah. going away. It's going to go bye-bye, and they're going to that have place, a space. That is cool with, with like, the black steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's going to be yeah. a huge open cool. area. They're going to have, they're going to be in there with Hello Bulk. A lot of the people that they're with, where they're at now, I think um, uh, the Bean Hole is going to be there. Uh, they're going to have a coffee bar, I think. Jed's is over there. Uh, I, Jed's I isn't going to be part of yeah. that. 
Or he's his own. Yeah, he's his own thing. Uh, who knows what he's going to do with that shop if they're going to move that or just get rid of it. Um, there's other Jed's Barbershops around the valley. So. Oh. Um, so who knows? But anyway, when we were there, I, I was like, well, we're going to go to Sapa. And Jen's like, oh, well, you guys know they have a happy hour between five and seven. Everything's half off. Like everything. More like, she's like, yeah, you have to get there like right at five. You have to be there between five and seven. Like if you're there at seven, you don't get the deal, which not not the case, by the way. I don't think with COVID the, the happy hour, or, or it might be maybe, because it was Saturday. Yeah, it may have been the weekend. It may be that they're close enough that they go during the week or something. Yeah, and... like it might be a Sunday through Thursday happy hour, uh, oh. which makes sense. Uh, but Saturday. So anyway, we're like driving around. We had some time to kill. We went to the Asian market downtown uh, that's over on uh, just right next to Liberty Park there. Ninth and ninth. Uh, no, ninth. Ninth and fifth. Ninth and fifth, yeah. Right by Liberty Park. Yeah. Uh, so we went, walked through there. I got some MSG, much needed MSG. I got some uh, some rice paper wraps so that I could make some fresh spring rolls, which nice. we made yesterday. Uh, and um, so we're like, oh, we still got a little bit of time to kill. We drove around a little bit, saw some places. In that. Okay. Uh, sorry about the dog there. He apparently <laughs> got his foot stuck in a mat or his collar or something and um, freaked out. Um, but we've uh, taken care of such situations. <laughs> uh, anyway, what was I saying about uh, Sapa? Oh, Sapa. so anyway, so we, I'm like, well, let's just go. We can just hang out like wherever we're parked for a few minutes. It'll be fine. Like, I don't want to be that guy that's like there right when the door opens. I told him we should like just sit in the parking lot and he didn't want to. So we get there and there's already a line at the door. And so we park and like, by the time we were like 20th in line, maybe, I mean, I don't know. Cause there were a bunch of like small parties in front of us. Um, but there was a huge line that kept growing and like when we left, so we went in, we got sad, we ate dinner and I'll talk about that in a minute. But w- even when we left, which was like an hour and a half later, almost hour and 15, 20 minutes later, there was still a huge line to get into the place. Wow. Like, it is that uh, that popular and, and for good reason. The food was really good. Uh, the drinks were really good. Um, yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, the tempura was some of the best tempura vegetables I've ever had, to be perfectly honest. What, what's, the, what's the address where they at? Uh, 7th South and State Street. It's like between 7th and 8th and State. Uh, so you know where the old big deluxe is, the small one? Yeah. It's not there anymore, but uh, right. Sapa's right and next to it. And isn't... Um the so you park in the sear the behind the bayous like just kind of yeah the bayous across the street yeah. and just a little north because gotcha. it's between sixth and seventh gotcha so so like you can park in the old Sears parking lot like yeah, it's behind next to the old Sears. Sears yeah um and pay to park there so by the cool. best taco trucks in the valley that's right, right there at the <laughs> Sears uh, but anyway it was uh it's really good um the the they have a, a lot of different uh, things on there but they have a lot of rolls um, they have a lot of fruit. Uh, in some of their rolls, which is really nice. And that's actually a place that Fillings and Emulsions does some oh, of their desserts as nice. well. So, uh, anyway, I thought Sapa was great. And then we headed over to uh, Dave & Buster's. Nice. Which was way fucking busy. There were so many people there. It was like when we've been there in non-COVID years. Yeah. It was that busy. The year, it was, what is it, probably three years ago when we waited forever. Yeah. It, it was that busy. Wow. And uh, the mask wearing situation was. I would say it was like 75, 25, 80, 20. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. A lot of dick noses hanging out. 
Um, <laughs> a lot of people with the mask under their chin. Uh, and then as the night got later, the masks became less on, <laughs> I would say. So um, just a word to the wise, if you're going to go to Dave and Buster's on a Saturday night, they're not wearing a lot of masks around there. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. Um, I had a good time. I love that place. Uh, I know it's not local, but uh, it's there's not a lot of other places like it out there. So someday we need to go to a Dave and Buster's that's not in Utah. I've been to many because I would like to experience it as it was meant to it's be. It's where you can have a drink <laughs> and yeah, like and play the games. That's the way I experienced it the first time we went to um, a Rapids game when RSL was there playing with friends and we went there for dinner and you can, so you can go down like sit down eat your dinner or whatever and then just like pick up your drink and just like walk over to the games what's crazy is when you go other places outside of utah and they ask if you want a drink and they say sure and you, you want to serve it to you and they walk away no yeah. no talk of food no mention of well like the thing that even sucks about dave and busters is there's no drinks yeah period. walk around the arcade like there's tables for them but if you order something to drink you have to stay in like the bar area yep. to drink it um and that's i it seems like that goes for sodas or anything they don't let any drinks i saw in some people with sodas but i think that they just brought them in i think that they brought them in and nobody had noticed were yet. they like bottles no were they dave and buster's cups yes oh so they had like brought them from the restaurant yeah i think they just walked over and nobody paid attention which sucks because other dave and buster's like they have tables next to all the games so you can set your drink down while you play a game and then pick your drink up and have a drink that's the whole point is to yeah otherwise you're in an arcade for three and a half hours or however long we were there and you know we didn't drink one thing while we were there which sucks for dave and busters because their whole business model is drinks yeah i know that's like that's like the whole thing is i think they're afraid if they don't go full 21 plus that they'll lose a big chunk of their business um and i don't know there were a lot of kids there when I we wonder first if they started could have nights like like they just say Friday and Saturdays is 21 plus. Yeah, or something like that. But like by 8 o'clock, the little kids were pretty much gone. There were still some fuckers screaming at the top of their lungs, but most of them were gone. <laughs> like, who are you as a parent? <laughs> that was like, I would hear it like... But worse. Oh, yeah, like way worse. Like I can't scream like children can. Well, and you shouldn't on this podcast because you just hurt I, somebody's ears. Hey, I turned away and pointed I know, way away from the mic. <laughs> it was still loud, but it wasn't super loud. So hopefully I don't offend any listeners. Hey, actually, speaking of listeners that I might offend, um, we've been playing with the format quite a bit and we've changed some stuff and we're looking for feedback. So if you do have feedback on uh, the newer format where we're doing uh, much more focused shows. And um, we're gearing it for an hour. Yeah, hour to hour and a half last week was a bit of an exception. As opposed to two, two and a half, though, is kind of what it's been. Up yeah, now. So yeah. So slightly shorter format. Looking for feedback, so feel free to send us a message on Facebook uh, or Twitter or wherever. Email us. Any Complain us about us eating fire. popcorn. Tell us what a shitty job we did interviewing people. Yeah. Just the normal stuff. At TNU Podcast, uh, the new Utah podcast. <laughs> um, you can go to our website and fill out forms there. Too, All comments we've had, though, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, about time for, uh, a weekly urban gardening up garden talk garden talk music that I don't know what garden. Talk what is. is garden music? Maybe a banjo. I really don't know. Urban farm. Talk. Ding, 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 there you go. Farm, so farm talk music for those few of you who listen to this for our garden talk, it's time for potatoes, peas, or any other root vegetable. So like this weekend. Yep. 
What if our garden is not ready to accept well, them? That's okay, but but now is the time you can start. So typically, the rule of thumb is St. Patrick's Day is is the the time. So like frame. a week ago. Yeah. Well, that's the time frame you're aiming for. That's about the time you can start planting potatoes, peas. If you're doing peas, though, you really have a short window like the next maybe three weeks, and you need to have those in. Because otherwise what will happen is they'll bloom too late, and then it'll be too hot, and they'll just cook. For the peas? For peas. But for potatoes, they just fucking grow. No, potatoes are fine. But but you can plant your potatoes as early as now, because we're not going to get any more deep frost, which, let's be honest, we haven't had any deep frost. Yeah, probably but not. there's not going to be any more. So anything that's a root, vegetable, carrots, potatoes, turnips, parsnips, any of th- those sorts of things. I could try plant. parsnips again. I could try carrots again. Those fucking, I they I know I had big ones that I snapped off while trying to dig them up. Trying to dig them up. So I was my goal last weekend was to start prepping, and it snowed. Yeah, yeah. So that didn't happen. Maybe maybe this weekend we were going to build our sh- our shed last weekend and, and got the platform, but it was snowing, and so we couldn't go put it where yeah. it goes and yeah. then build it. So how's IFA's seed? Account looking. You've been there recently. I had well, I was there a couple weeks. Or, or you were there weekend. last week to be disappointed that about you the bees, bees, but I haven't looked at seeds. I, I've got to look though, because that's the place to get them. Don't get them from like Walmart, Walmart, or anything like that. You you want to go to IFA or Cal Ranch is another good place. Oh, maybe I'll go to IFA tomorrow after I get off work and pick up some taters and seeds. Yeah, I like taking the dog. You could look for you could look for another holy roller too. Yeah, they have the horse size ones, and Phoebe likes those. Oh, yeah. She took her like a year to destroy that one. She and Walter destroyed yeah. that one. But uh, yeah, okay. So, so yeah, it's time. It's death time again. Good, uh, good old farm talk update. Last of our squee ate the last of our squash this last weekend. What are we from last year? Yep. <laughs> Butternuts, acorns, acorns, spaghetti. It was last the acorns. The acorns are all that we had left. So do you guys, do you guys do spaghetti squashes too, right? Normally, yes, but last year because of the seeds shortage, there weren't any to have, so we. Last year, we only did the, those sunshine, I think is what they're called. Oh, yeah. And acorn. Cause that's, so, you just throw them in your garage during the winter? Yep. We just put them in the garage in a, in a milk crate so that it can breathe. Yeah. And then the few that go bad, we just give to the chickens. But, they fucking last forever. But they really don't. I mean, we had a few go bad, but yeah. I mean, we eat them all winter long. Yeah, most, they're so good. Most weekends and probably two or three meals a week, all kinds of different ways. It's good. It's like a potato. It's, like it's not useful. like a potato. They're like sweet potatoes. I it's like not. Them. It's more like a sweet potato, which I don't like either. <laughs> squash and sweet potatoes. Uh, butternut squash in particular, I really enjoy. Yeah, butternut squash. Good. Yeah. So we didn't this year. We didn't have butternut or uh, spaghetti, but that was just because I should do beets too. This is why I have a hard time dieting. I don't like anything that's good for me. <laughs> I love this stuff. I can eat like. I just pick out like I, I I like buying the frozen steamable bags now of oh, yeah. vegetables and I'll just throw them in the microwave and just. Jonathan's funny, he doesn't like the the beans that we grow. He only likes them from a can. That, like like peas, beans, like beans, beans, like black from beans and green beans. Really, that's even weirder to me. He only likes them from a can. That's I weird. only like French cut green French beans. French cut green, fresh green beans are so. I know good. fresh green beans are amazing. They got that snap to them. There. So good, so good. Love them. We used to shuck them all the time. You know, when I was a kid, we just, you break the ends off and then like, yep. we also had one of those stupid machines that you throw them through that splits them and pulls all the peas out. We did those, those machines too. So but but, when we do peas, which we didn't last year, but we did the year before, once again, uh, seed shortage, 
We like to get the sugar snap that you can eat mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah, I like the sugar snap peas. For the sweet peas, I just go to the market, the farmer's market. Yeah, they're a lot of work. There's I mean, like two or three two or three weeks that they'll have sweet peas there, and they'll have literally a truck bed that's nothing but shelled sweet peas. Right. And they'll just give you giant fucking bags of them. Yeah, I, I really like them, but they really are a lot of effort to grow. So when I grow them, I prefer the, the sugar snap. Because yeah. you can put them in salads. You can just eat them the way they are. They, yeah, you can throw them in a stir fry. Actually, sugar yeah. snaps are really good in a stir fry. Those, those, so those are the ones that I prefer when yeah. you grow them. So big old fat pods that are all sweet and yummy. Yep. So thus the name sugar snap. <laughs> uh, cool, cool. Yep. This has been farm talk. Brought to you by the letter F. <laughs> Why F? Farm. Of farm. <laughs> so we're gonna next week when we do farm talk is it gonna be brought to you by the letter A for farm. Farm. Yeah, we'll just go through the letter alphabet. M for <laughs> talk. The letter T. The letter A again. Bree's <laughs> <laughs> just shaking her head. Well, with us this week we are joined by uh, one of our more popular guests, I believe, uh, Wendy Pettit. Uh, we I was just looking, Wendy, to see when we last had you on, and it was episode. 175 back in October of 2019. Yeah, that would have been about right. That is one of our most listened to episodes. That's amazing. Uh, awesome. What was it titled? I don't remember. Ghost something. Something something. It's Ghost something. hobo something. Ghost hobos. I don't know. I don't know. Something. It was about. Ghost hobo. The show was really, a lot of it was about uh, Preservation Utah. Yes, it was. Uh, and, and I was inspired to go to something that I thought oh, yeah. I would hate afterwards. That's and right. You guys did come to the event. It was, uh, those, those houses made me jealous, honestly. I just have this house, this track house in Kerrins. <laughs> uh, Maybe someday they'll do a, a walkthrough of this house. I mean, yeah, in a hundred years. It's a tracked house, not a track. That's the same difference. House. I've heard it's it both a, ways. It's not on the train. No, but it's uh, it's on a construction it's track. It's on the Kearns train. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the one that's running away from all the gang activity on the other <laughs> side of the neighborhood. <sighs> 54. I told you on the way up today from work, I there was like probably six cop cars hanging out. Why were you over there? Because I, I got the dog first. Oh, that's right. So I worked south, and then I had to go to get the dog off of 45th, and then I drove up 54th because it's the fastest way home from there. So anyway, that's we're not here to talk about my drive home. We're here to talk to uh, Wendy and uh, what you've been up to. So what have you been up to, Wendy? Well, um, I started my own podcast. Very nice. Yes. It's very exciting. It's so inspired by us? Inspired by you guys, of course, <laughs> of course, yes. You know, being on on this podcast just made me go, "Damn, that's just so awesome!" I'm going to do that myself. And she was probably like, "If those idiots could do it, I can too." <laughs> Easier or harder than you thought to get going? Um, well, it was it was once you made the decision, and once I actually like got to it, it was fine. But I dragged my feet for a while. It was. It was hard to get going, but my my husband and my friend Mike they they kicked me in the ass and they yeah. got me going on it. So I think the best advice for doing a podcast, if it's something you really want to try and you really want to do, is to just do it. You just got to jump you in. Just record it. Go listen to our first couple episodes. They're, They're horrible. Fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. But but we did it, and you know now. Well, we're and here. then and then you kind of adapt. So you you try it. Some things work really well. Some things fail miserably. So you just kind of mold it as you go. That's exactly it. it. Kind yep. of evolves. Yeah, I was told you I would probably hate my first 
few podcasts. They're definitely rough, for yeah. sure. For yeah. sure. So <laughs> what in, what really inspired you to start a podcast? So back when I was with Preservation Utah, you know, um, I learned a lot about the history of old buildings that we have here and a ton that no longer exist that I thought, these buildings are incredible. They are so awesome. Everyone should know that these buildings once like exist. Like the Draper Prison? Yes. Well, we can we can talk about the Draper Prison. <laughs> yes. There's some really cool buildings that used to be like, and then the the brewery, the big Salt Lake Brewery. Oh yes, looked like a big daunting castle. Those yes, that's some really amazing buildings that have not lasted. What was that movie from the seventies or eighties about the the two guys from Canada? Strange brew. Strange brew. Yes. <laughs> Strange brew. <laughs> like the castle at Strange Brew. Yep. If there's a rat in your beer, you get a free beer, eh? <laughs> I just aged myself with that, didn't I? Uh, I knew it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, and then I, I found a, a Twitter account for, it was called uh, Demolish Chicago. And I thought, hey, you know what? I should do a Demolish Salt Lake. So I started an Instagram account. Just didn't I didn't I had no clue what it was going to be, but it like you guys talked about, right? It morphed, it morphed into right. At first I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to post a picture of a house and, or a building and say it was built on here and demolished here." Well, there's no records of when buildings like are demolished. Like there's not a good set of records and so that quickly went out the window. So I was like, "Okay, I'll just tell a story about the building." So I started doing that. But then I started finding really cool stories and really interesting stories that were too much to put into one Instagram post. So yeah. I thought, you know what? It's 2020. Everyone else is doing it. I think I'll start a podcast. <laughs> you could do like, I think a cool take on it would be like on a, on a, like if you created a blog to go along with your podcast, writing an obituary for every building. Now that would be awesome. <laughs> See people, this is this is what's great. Is like people give me all these great ideas and trust me, I write all this stuff down because at some point I I'm going to get like actually ahead of myself and be able to do all this stuff. That's awesome idea. I'm glad you think that you're going to be able to get ahead of yourself. And do all that. <laughs> when you get that figured out, let us know how yeah, you I do. Will. It, I will. I'll let you know when that happens. We, we've been doing this for 5 years we and still don't know. So, yeah, do you want to open the door and let it Yeah, I mean right now I'm week to week. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm curious why uh, why'd you part ways with Preservation Utah? Are they still around? Oh, they are. They're still around. They're still doing great things. But you know, 2020 was really tough on Everybody. small nonprofits. Yeah, you know, so they had to make some cuts, and which was you know, uh, completely understandable. You know, but no, I still you know I still talk to them. We like we kind of we exchange information and. They didn't get Go to do any forth, cool so. event in 2020. They didn't. And that was, I mean, that was a huge thing, you know, because those are like the revenue. Yeah, that's the big that, fundraiser. That, those right? are the big fundraiser. Every event Preservation Utah does is a fundraiser. I mean, well, you yeah. know. <laughs> Wasn't that kind of your main thing was, yeah. was setting those up, getting them all put in place. That's exactly it. Yep. nothing to do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, that was a bummer, but I totally understandable. I was all excited too. I was like, "Oh yeah, we could go do the we could go do the Preservation Utah thing this year. Go see some other kind of house." Does, like now, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how these people, what kind of house these people live in. Yeah, and then nothing. So, well, it was like so. What that was March, right? And we had a really cool historic tour planned for for I think it was May or April. Yeah, because you guys did ninth it in and the ninth spring, area. So yeah. It was going to be 
It was going to be so awesome. Well, see, and I know that area really well. Like, I used to live in that area. Oh, so nice. being able to see some of those houses on the inside would have been cool. Yeah. And it, it included, like, one of the oldest buildings and or homes in that area. So it, it's probably still on their list as soon as, you know, everyone's comfortable and... As soon as someone's comfortable with letting hundreds of people into yeah, their house. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's the, <laughs> on that's one day, the trick, you know? right? Like, <laughs> you could space people out and have the event if the homeowners were like, yeah, I'm good with, you know, a couple thousand people walking through my sure, house no problem. in a day. Yeah. Not, yeah, it's, it's cool. I'm not worried about COVID with my kids, which many of those people clearly had. Like, no, it's good. We'll just, uh, you know, my elderly mom that lives with us, she can handle it. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> now, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure they'll do it again because those are are super fun in there, you know. It's great, really, yeah, it's really cool to see some of that, that, that just specific architecture and specific style. You know, we, we, so we, I was telling uh, these guys earlier, I, you know, Bree and I went out on a date Saturday and to kill time before we went to the restaurant, we were driving around downtown. We drove around 9th and 9th, um, you know, went in front of Roland Hall to look at those old houses. I showed her, you know, where I lived, uh, where I used to live on McClellan Street. And then we drove up into the avenues a little bit and looked at some of the houses uh, in the early, like the... We were looking at some of those, the old apartments. Yeah, that, like the colonial and the... Well, my, I work in the insurance industry and we insure some of them, their historical properties. And so I was like, these look so crappy on the outside because they can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, especially if it's in a historic area, they have to yeah. have permission to be able to. Yeah, like the brick just looks so beat up brick. and run down, but you you can't change it. It's, it's oh, but that also that's what makes them so cool, though. Yeah, you know. Oh, I sure. I love old apartment buildings. I I lived on one on Fifth South and Fifth East back in like uh, the early nineties. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we had gang members in the the top floor, but man, you know, once they got to know <laughs> us, they were like, "We've got you. We we." Take care of you. Anyone bothers you, you let us know. Fifth and fifth. That's fifth and fifth. Yes, that's by the Smiths, right? Yes, that's right by the Smiths. Yeah, isn't it the Brittany? The Brittany. I think it's called the Brittany, and it's like it's like North Temple, and it's like just down from where the the tennis courts are up there by the U. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Bottom of the hill, there's those tennis courts. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just um, I had some friends in. In college, who we were living in the dorms, and they got an apartment down there. So we used to hang out there quite a bit. It was cool, but I don't know. One of the disappointing things about the houses downtown, though, like especially up by the university, like they've all been converted into apartments. These beautiful, giant, yeah, you know, colonial and Victorian style homes that have all been completely changed on the inside to to be apartments. There was that one I did that remodel on Mm -hmm. last year that I was telling you guys about, where they tore out the stairs. Primary. Up by primary children's, they tore out the stairs so they could make it officially an apartment. But then my client had bought it and was going to turn it back into a house. So we had to like put the stairs back oh, in. Geez. And literally they had just like chopped them off and like, like boarded it up. <laughs> so like when they, when they opened it up to kind of start seeing what we're up against, like the, the top three stairs were still there. <laughs> the rest of them were gone. <laughs> just gone. Just yeah. A... Cut it off with a saw. Anyway. So that's the sad part about a lot of those homes is. Yeah. They, they, they were been and, and, chopped up and. I mean, those, some of those even happened like in the thirties. Oh, you know, yeah. as early as the twenties and thirties and forties, they were. Well, during the depression. Them up. Yeah. Some of those bigger homes, they chopped them up for the income. So there's Absolutely. some pretty sweet houses out in Magna from that time frame where they just didn't get past the foundation. They're like, 
Yep, screw it. Put a roof on it. It's done. Hey, my mom grew up in a basement house in Salina. They're so yep. weird. Salina. They, that is odd. When you say basement house, people don't know what the hell you're talking it's, about. It's literally a foundation with a roof. So just so you know. Exactly. You can't build those anymore. Well, no, of course not. Because I've had clients come to me and want to do one. And if you. Why? I don't know. And if you own one, you can't do anything to it. They will not pass. They you cannot do anything. You to You can't it. pull any permits. Nope. <laughs> you, you, can you can't build permit. on top of it. You just you're stuck in your. And you can do whatever you want with it. I guess it's your house. But yeah, you can't pull permits on it. They won't allow it because they want them all gone. Well, it's like the office building I work in. I work on fifth south, fifth east area, and there's no handicap accessibility inside the building. So like if you were in a wheelchair on the bottom floor and you wanted to go to the top floor, you'd have to go you can't out really. you'd have to go out into the parking garage, and go up the, up the driveway, ramp. go out onto the sidewalk and then go up the ramp to get into the back to get back into the building. So and then there's no there's no handicap bathrooms at all. <laughs> so we haven't been able to redo our bathrooms or anything like that because as soon as Once we you touch them. do that, oh, yeah, you're, then you're we in. have to be to handicap code. accessible. Yep. So I don't think we'll ever get her unless they decide to just like do it themselves and not like have a, <laughs> a contract, which I don't think that these guys would. So I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, it's it, the building's just going to be ugly and gross forever. Yeah. That's why I don't want to go back there. <laughs> but the same thing, I mean, like you said, that's, I mean, that is technically a commercial use building. We were even talking about how you guys should just sell that building and go get commercial space somewhere because that's mixed, that's mixed zoning and you could easily put five, 10, 50 residential units in the same I, space. I just, I just don't think we need this. I mean, I, we've been home this Friday will be my anniversary of working home for a year and they're, they're talking about bringing people back and I'm like, why? Like, Get a smaller place, have a smaller budget for the building because they just barely got bought out. So they Mm -hmm. had to buy it and it used to be paid for and then that wouldn't have made sense. But now it's not paid for anymore. Like sell it, make a profit, go somewhere else. Yeah. Or just have permanent work from home. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of people going that way. To where a lot of businesses are allowing like permanent work. Well, like yeah. like us, I mean, we've grown so much during COVID. You know, we've we've been in an industry that's that's bloomed and blossomed because of COVID, um, and we don't have space for everyone. If if all of our employees were in the office, which right now there's there's less than half in the office, if all of them were in the office at a given day, we wouldn't have space for all of them. We just we don't have the space. So we're we're definitely doing a mixed environment. And some people are fine working from home and others are not. And so, you know, it's one of the things that you have to pay attention to as an employer as well as, is who can actually handle that. And that's what my employer doesn't want to do. They don't want to decide who gets to stay home and who can't handle it. They, they don't like being mean to people that suck. <laughs> and my husband is, is, I think he's gone a little cabin crazy. So now he goes into the office one or two days a week just because he's like, I cannot stare at these same four walls anymore. I have to have, I have to go into the office. I, I'm so. in the, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I have reasons to be there. We have executive staff meetings and stuff that, that I need to attend on certain days. But some of it too is it's just, it's good to get out of the house. Like for me, it's a breeze shaking ahead. No, I'm good to stay in the house until I'm going out with my friends. But yeah, for me, I, I'm uh, like when I was just working from home, I went to the grocery store like every other day. Um, just to get out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd just go to the grocery store and be like, "Hun, we need lettuce for something I think about making tomorrow. I'll be back. <laughs> so Harmons loves me, incidentally, for some reason. But, uh, uh, yeah. There's also, I was going to say, you know, you were talking about the commercial building that you guys work out of, Bree. But there's also a lot of old commercial buildings in, in Salt Lake in particular and in, around the valley in general uh, that, that are out there that are... You know, either historic landmarks or not historic sites. Um, you know, in the granary district in particular, there's some buildings there that they really want to get rid of and redo. <laughs> yeah, there's actually some really great um, people that are buying those granary buildings and actually like retrofitting them or, you know, they're keeping as much as they can. Trying of, to keep the aesthetic. Of the aesthetic of it, you know, in, in building in. But that's pretty cool because, you know, at least the, the building stays and they're... I mean, I have mixed feelings about that because, you know, you see someone who buys a, like a historic home and, you know, they give it the property brothers treatment on the inside and, you know, they're like, Hey, we restored this house. You know, <laughs> we saved it from demolition. Yeah. But you took every bit of character that made it historic out of it. Right. Yeah. Like, so, why don't you gut it, rewire it so it's modern and then put it back into the way it looked. Yeah. You know, those <laughs> those purple and black bathrooms, those, yeah. you know, retro bathrooms, they are cool no. and you should keep them. Those pink and green bathrooms are I can't are do the pink because cool. oh, I hate pink. So cool. I but I could do the green. Those are home Those are home but goals. I could do the green. Something Not I've, the avocado green from the 70s, but like the mint green the mint from green the 50s. From the, oh, yeah. yeah. That, something I've told, I tell people all the time, there's a difference between historical and just old. Mm -hmm. And you can't keep all the old. You want to keep the historical, but some things just really need to come down. Like our aluminum siding. Yeah. <laughs> that was an ugly old thing. Don't put aluminum siding on your historic homes, people. <laughs> Please don't. don't. put siding on your historical home at all. Maybe if it's uh, like a hardy board or something and it fits the style, but don't put siding on your if home. It's real no. lap siding. To, to be clear, this is not a historical home, though, in this house. <laughs> no, but somebody had put aluminum siding in. It just shouldn't be done. Don't stuck all your historic home here in Salt Lake either. That's really not. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> this isn't like historic Some of the historic homes the stucco is original it just looks different yes yeah. i don't know what the, some of them did come stucco i don't know what it is when it has the wood and the lath and plaster no i know the lath and plaster but where the outside is wood but it has like pieces of wood that like frame out sections of the house do you know what i'm talking like about adobe <sighs> no i might have to try and find a picture <laughs> of it to show you all right adobe is down in lehigh well and then out what is out by <laughs> copper but um bum up by Copper Canyon, or, or Bingham, by the Bingham Copper Mine. There's that subdivision there, that old original subdivision. Copperton. From the 50s, yeah. 40s, and 50s, they're stucco, but they're original stucco. Yes. Like 40s and 50s. What stucco. about the Tailings Pond Division? Are they original stucco? Daybreak is what oh, Daybreak, right? yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> they're not old either. They're all new. <sighs> I'm sorry, oh, those of you that live in Daybreak, you're going to have cancer, and your kids are going to have cancer. Just... <laughs> Look, when you can't grow something in the soil... Oh, Tudor style. Tu yes. Tudor. Well, Actually, you, you, you can grow in Daybreak. Yeah, not everywhere. There, there are some yards that just don't grow. Well, I mean, <laughs> and there's some yards that don't have enough room to grow. Yeah, well, so. mo that's most of them, I think, <laughs> There so, are there there are a lot of studies out there though of of yards that uh, they can't grow anything in the soil. Yeah, because of the old tailings pond stuff. Because that's because so. that's what Daybreak is built on. It's an old yeah. It's the old copper mine tailings. tailings ponds and and like evaporation ponds. So the slag pits. <laughs> yeah, let's build a house out there. 
If you build it, they will come. That's and true. they come by droves. So. They came. There are so many people out there. And they pay lots of money. So what are some of the more interesting buildings and places that you've found that you've talked about? I think, um, well, my favorite was my first pot, the first episode, which was the Bransford Apartments. And they used to set where the Eagle Gate Apartments are today. Uh-huh. Um, those were amazing. Just gorgeous and beautiful. But not only that, the lady that built them was fascinating. I mean, that woman was one of the richest women in the nation at one point. Uh-huh. She was crazy. <laughs> I almost asked you if you ever get to tour these things, and then I remember that they're all gone that you talk about. There was, the, I did an episode on the John B. Kelly house, and that house is still standing, still standing. but not for long. And you don't really want to tour it, but, um, I, it, I went and took some pictures of it the other day, and it's just heartbreaking how sad that house is now. Yeah. But yeah, demolition permits on that one. So that one's on the chopping block. So how do you find, how do you find these houses and, and stuff? Are you just scouring like microfiche at the local library? Yeah. <laughs> Back to the seventies, yeah. mic- microfiche turning the little lever. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them came from my preservation Utah days where I, I knew, I knew quite a few of them and some like just going on the, uh, Utah historic, or Utah State Archives. Yeah, they've got a lot of cool stuff. The there. digital archives, amazing rabbit hole. I love that. Uh, and just like Googling something, and that's how I came across uh, the day nursery and orphans home. Just randomly, I, I think I put huh. schools, and it pulled up Emerson School Orphanage, and I was like, what the hell? And that, you know, so three hours later, I finally <laughs> climbed myself out of the rabbit hole, and it's like, this is great. <laughs> So why why did you decide your format's really short? Uh, you know, most podcasts are you know an hour or so. Some are a little bit shorter. Yours is like right around twenty to twenty five minutes. Yeah. It looks like for most of your shows. Was there a reason to go that short? It's just uh, you know, it's all a research based podcast, and so like it's what I can find to talk about. And then once I start writing the narrative of it, you know, doing all my research. So my research takes about a week. It usually takes because, you know, I, I'm doing it nights, you know, or on Saturdays and Sundays, you know, trying to kind of balance out working full time and doing this part time. You, you guys know how that, know how that goes. <laughs> so, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so just finding the stories that I can and then finding the, the ones that fit that makes the story flow. We do uh, we do mostly like almost hour long interviews and it's hard for us to find additional content anymore Sometimes, after five yeah. years. Well, especially with COVID. Yeah. Because there's nothing going on. There's no, no, no one's doing anything. There's yeah. no anything. I mean, we about. used to spotlight events that would be going on and sure. like, like, running like the beer fest or the, or, or the, the crawls or the different yeah. festivals or, yeah, this last year's been slim. Yeah, it's been again. tough. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So it just kind of lent itself to that, just that length of time. Do you do it all yourself? Do you I do it all myself. Record, yes. produce. So you just have like a like a snowball mic in your Yeah, um, I, I, well actually no, I, I got some I got some pretty decent equipment. My uh, my husband and my friend Mike. Mike's my producer. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> so he does all your editing. So um well I'll I'll put it together as as best I can. Like I I will edit it and you know and, and put it all together and then I'll send it over to him and he sprinkles his magic on it and adds the music to it, sets the tone just right. Sends it back over. 
Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky that way because I think it would sound like total shit if I had to do the whole thing by myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I get to do all of it by myself. <laughs> That's crazy. I've got, you know what, though? I've got it down to pretty much a science unless we're doing... So when we do the weird shows where we have like 15 different breaks, those are such a pain to edit together. Um, but when we do something like this, you know, a normal show is really easy to edit anymore. It, it comes pretty second. Part of it is because I've set up so many preset things on exactly. here. Exactly. That like I just run it through my, my, my myriad of things and it makes it all pretty. And then sometimes I screw up and it produces. Sounds like we're like bathroom in a tin can. Man. There have been some bad shows. Yeah, I I, I had to completely re-record one of my episodes because I... Well, see, that's easy for you because it's just you, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. But, you know, it's a lot of talking. It is true. 20 minutes on your own is... It's, so, not... it's a lot of talking and, you know, and I, I, I fuck up and I have to go back and start I have over. to, you know, start over and then... <laughs> So yeah, if you could if you could hear the outtakes, you would hear me saying, "Just say it fucking right." <laughs> it's not that hard to say litigation. <laughs> Fuck, I, I just say stuff wrong. That's the beauty of our format. Is I just exactly. fucking say it wrong. Edit. When I say shit error. like legislator and legislature in the wrong context, Bree's here to correct me on air, so everyone knows I fucked up. <laughs> well, you know, when I go back and I listen to it and realize that right in the middle of a long section, I have said something that's not right. I mean, I. I couldn't even let it go. And then I have to figure out how to like hurry and say the word and record it over there and stick it in so it sounds like <laughs> you know it sounds like it's fine not like and then Joe went to the bathroom and <laughs> I've done some of that. I just did a bunch. See when you edit at that level it takes a lot of fucking time. It does to, take time. Do that. I just did I just did that that thing for uh, uh Oleo. Oh yeah. Uh and it took Fuck, I bet the audio alone took me three hours to edit the audio properly. So took, I took like 20 minutes of audio down to like a three minute story. Holy cow. And, and, uh, it took, yeah, it took about three hours to get it just right with music and everything else. Then I threw a video on top of it that I made. It looks good. I bet, it's, I bet it's, I bet it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to remind me. I'll show you. We're, we're just not that me. refined here. No. This is, this is, uh, this is a for funsies hobby for me. So this is a recording of a, just a conversation amongst people. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah. I, but I, you know, when I'm, uh, when I listen to podcasts, like the kind of podcasts that I like in general, I like some that are ultra produced that, um, have a, have a good point. Um, so there's some like, uh, Dan Carlin's stuff is really, really good. Um, he releases like, you know, one podcast every six months, maybe. Uh, like really it's that, but it's so good when he releases them. Um, uh, so I like some that are really ultra produced like that. Uh, but most of the ones that I find myself listening to the most are conversational. Um, so Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, I have to pick and choose cause I don't, that's all the guy does. And he has like 5 million fucking shows a week. <laughs> Uh, and they're all like three and a half to four hours long. Oh, but geez. if you look at the guests that he has on, he has on some really great people and it doesn't feel like an interview at all. Yeah. It is just a conversation between this expert and something and, and Joe Rogan and, you know, getting, getting to hear someone like Tulsi Gabbard just be able to talk for two hours with someone is fantastic to be able to get to know who that person really is and what they think and find out crazy interesting shit about the world of virology or 
uh, you know, aliens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you believe in aliens. <laughs> like I said, not all of his guests are good. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the kind of shows. And so that's why, I mean, that's part of why we do the kind of interviewing style that we do is we, we find that that's just, for us, better. Uh, yeah. And, and like, I, I really love lore. And I, I loved how that sounded and how that was produced. And so when I was thinking about doing my podcast, that's kind of what I imagined. Not that I'm anywhere near the production quality of lore, but you know, that's what, uh, that's what I thought would be kind of a, a cool to tell a story. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's like, um, cold. Yes. It's kind of like that yeah. cold. And of course, cold is really super fucking ultra produced because KSL did it, mm-hmm. but it's, it is, uh, I think he really nailed it with the format for that show. I agree. Doing it in a podcast. Um, and, and when you think of like what a podcast can be, that is, yes, that is a really good example. Yeah. Something where you, you, you binge the whole thing because you just, you're just waiting for that next, that next episode to drop. Yeah. And the mix of like actual recorded audio and interview and, and story was so well put together. I thought the way that podcast was, was put together. So. Sorry. Well, when we interviewed him, they originally they didn't want him to do it. No, they yeah. didn't want to put the money into it. Oh, really? And so he's like, "Well, look, it's a podcast, so I don't have to have on air time. I can do it kind of on my own. I just need a little bit of assistance to use the equipment." So they they kind of well, all right. And then it ended up being amazing. And then they're yeah. like, "Oh yeah, we did that. We produced that." Yeah. Well, he's yeah. I mean, he's like, "I need someone to produce it with me. I need some equipment, and I need KSL's name." Sure. Because that was for him. That's the biggest thing. He's actually an investigative journalist, which. They don't really exist very much. But it shows in the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you can find something that has that kind of actual investigative oomph behind it, it's really nice. Yes. Well, and he did like, what, a year and a half, two years worth of research before he actually yeah. did the podcast. Well, and I think he was going to start working on another something one, else. but he's probably, if he did, he's probably coming up on finally getting a product i would tend yeah. to think when soon. we talked to him he was he said he's got yeah, it took he, him like two years to but he was going to have to do the same kind of investigation and putting together and all of that that he did for cold and so i'm wondering if soon maybe i don't know covid might have delayed him oh, i'd love to hear something yeah. else come from him i think i think it would be great it would be another hit for ksl they could advertise the shit out of it again agreed so that's the other thing monetizing a podcast yes um which we've kind of done a little bit uh in a couple different ways here and there and um it's kind of nice when you don't have to pay for everything out of pocket i'd agree yeah i mean i thought about a patreon but i didn't want to like start off with a patreon and kind of feel like a money grab yeah, like, that's that that you would know? be off-putting i think to yeah me, to be like I don't know. You have produced like seven episodes. I don't know if I want to give you money yet. Exactly. I thought, you know, I, I got to build my audience base first and see, uh, first see if anyone even listens to it, you know. So thank you, the five people out there to listen to the podcast. <laughs> I appreciate you, uh, that. Who are you hosting through? Um, I use, uh, like Anchor FM, just okay. free. Just Anchor yep. FM is where you're loading all your I'm loading stuff. everything up. I have, I have GarageBand on my computer, and that's what I <laughs> use GarageBand yeah. to record it. And it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot, no. And I don't know what Mike does on his end, you know, but like... 
I'm sure he doesn't just use GarageBand. I, I don't think he does, no, but you know, he's already got all the equipment because he does his own podcasts and he doesn't for his job, so it was Well, there's plenty of free tools out there, right? Like we Absolutely. Audacity is a great, yep. great piece of software. Lots of tutorials online to learn how to edit and stuff like that. I looked so. at that and I just decided, you know what? I, I can do GarageBand. Yeah. That's, that's great. So yeah, I record everything on there and- Nice. I mean, nice. you can. I I could do the whole thing on there. I could add my music and oh, all yeah, of that. Absolutely, you know, it's so you easy to do. But but you got Mike. Why got would Mike. you do it yourself? Exactly. <laughs> I owe lots of bottles of vodka too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even for us now, at five years. I mean, we're we're just shy, like what, less like a month away from five years. Wow, look uh, at you guys. And and even now, like we're still we still discuss every once in a while, do we want to do a Patreon or do we really want to do extra work to put out extra content for <laughs> Patreon? And that's the thing. Yeah. Like I, I mean, this is my spare time. This is what I do in my spare time. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't have an extra, extra spare time, so right. I can't produce any additional content. <laughs> I can give you some stickers, you know, those are easy to make. <laughs> yeah, the extra spare out. time for us would be like, okay, we got 10 minutes at the end of the show. Let's, uh, let's jump in on that. Yeah. Exactly. No extra time. <laughs> no extra time. Well, no, and it's it's hard when there's four of us to get everybody here on Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, clearly, like Jessica sure. couldn't be here today because of life. Well, next month I'll be out of town. Right. It's just, just it's it's a lot. So it's yeah. So it's jungle. yeah. It's it's a thing anyway. And then to find time to create another thing with four people for the time. I mean, Geek Show, I think, does a good job because they do, like, they have enough people that they, they like, can just get enough to get together. Sure. They, only, they only do, like, once a month. Yeah. So, it, I think it's once every three weeks or something weird like that. But, yeah, they, like, and then they do, like, broken news that fills it in that does things. But they have a Patreon, too, that they create content for. But when you have seven people on your podcast, yeah. as long as you can get three of them or something you've got enough to do when there's four you know if half of them are gone it's me and chris exactly (laughs) (laughs) which i mean i'm fine to sit and talk to chris but we do that all the time yeah we've actually talked about starting our own podcast that's uh uh i've already got the domain and everything so someone can't steal it (laughs) but talking about how we live now because we're both we're empty nesters yeah yeah right and that's something that people that we interact with are all starting to approach and i don't know the other people that we know in our friend group that have kids, kids the same age their kids just keep moving back <laughs> jeremy had maya moved back for a little bit uh, she's gonna move you, away but because of covid they kept shutting everything sure down, so yeah she moved back now she's getting married so she'll move away she'll be gone but, but like yeah. but their your kids are super like they live super close to you so like and you still have young kids. So like same with Sean and Vanita. They have kids that moved out, but they still have young kids that come back. We don't. My youngest is going to be 21 in June. She doesn't come home. <laughs> she lives up by the U. She lives up in Research Park. And like I-, I asked her to come down to look at some wedding stuff for me. But like I have to schedule some time. And then my other daughter lives in Denver. So they don't come home. Yeah. It's it's almost like not having kids we can do whatever we want whenever we want walk around the house whenever like it's not a thing ever our kids never just drop in so we thought it might be interesting to talk about a podcast about that especially because chris 
has never been married and they're not his biological kids. So he has a completely different take on it than I do. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. When you come into a relationship and you treat 10 year olds like roommates, it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I I got a late start on the kid thing. So I have a almost seven year old. So yeah. Yeah. We have some friends that were, well, they, I think they turned 40. They're turning 40 this year and, and just had their first and they, kid ha- their, ago. their kid is, t- is two. two on Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I know. Yeah, there's a reason why you have children when you're young. Yeah. You have the energy and I'm the patience, tired, man. So <laughs> is Brandy. She's like, I take a nap with him because I'm tired and I'm like, hey, I don't remember having to do that because. When you're I was 20, you have energy. 20. Yeah. I was 22. Yeah, you have energy. I'm, I'm tired. I, you know, she, she's got to go to bed by 7.30 because I need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thought of starting over, I just, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Hey, I, I, uh, I hear you're part of this, uh, thing to save the Pantages Theater or Pantages or however you say it. Theater. I'm helping them as best I can. I have this, uh, habit of overextending myself. <laughs> Speaking and, of time and energy. <laughs> exactly. And man, I wanted to jump in, like, you know, with them and I, I had to hold myself back. I was like, oh, you know what? I, I know what I can do. And so, you know, I'm just trying to, amplify their voice and trying to you know get the word out on them as much as i can to share what what they have going on that's, a, that's an amazing theater i'm uh, to be quite yeah. honest I'm, I'm surprised it still exists i did i don't even know what you're talking about and i've lived here my whole life so it's it the theater is it's an old old theater it's like the capital theater it's pantages which means it was yeah. originally a live theater it was like, a, va- va- it was vaudeville. a vaudeville. Like the same and it was built around the same time as the capital theater uh, and it went from vaudeville to I think it, it showed movies at one yeah, point, for, like most theaters did. Mm-hmm. And then it went to live theater for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. There was different theater groups, that, and and now it's just this defunct, decrepit, completely destroyed inside building. Basically, I mean, there's still some nice stuff left architecturally. There's but, there's still some great, some great architectural. So it's on. Stuff in what there. is it on? It's right behind. So it's it's right by. Uh, what's the theater? The new theater over there. The Eccles. Uh, the Eccles. It's Eccles. right across and, the but, street and like behind Pretty Bird. But when basically. you all you see is this door. Yeah, there's not and much and a little kiosk next to it. It looks like nothing. Then you go in and you go just like the old theaters. You go down the really, really, really long hall. Then it opens up into this beautiful, great, grand. big, like double railing or double staircase. Grand entry. Yep. And then from there, they have the lower theater and the upper theater. And all of the molding in the ceiling is done Original by hand. is still there. And it's, it's just, it's really amazing. So the inside of the theater is still nice preserved or is it? No, because it was divided into two theaters at some point. So, um, there's an upper and a lower. An upper and a lower. Because yeah. yeah. it used to be all one. So yeah. they, they, it was one grand theater with a huge theater at one point in time. So that's, that's the other thing with it is, if they can save it, that would be amazing. But the kind of money it would take to bring that thing back, I don't think people well, can fathom it. And wh- where, I mean, what are they going to put in there? Because we have, you know, downtown, like, this is one of the things that's really cool about Salt Lake. It's not, Salt Lake's not huge. You know, we're like the 24th market for TV and radio, um, which means we're basically the 24th largest metro area in the country. Um, but we have, we have the Rose Wagner Theater, the Performing Arts Center downtown. We have the Capitol Theater, which is pretty much all like ballet and, and stuff now. We have Bravenal Hall. We have the Eccles Theater. Is there room to put a, another? We have up at the U, we have, you know, Kingsbury yeah, Hall Kingsbury. and, um, Pioneer Theater Company. 
uh, is there space to support that? Because and we've got hell. Oh yeah. Well, I think they're they're imagining that it's a that it's going to show movies. Oh, they so they're resurrected as like they, a movie they, theater. In, yeah, I think you know they would very much love it to be you know part of uh, Sundance and. So kind of like the Egyptian, or yeah. the, you know, one of those just like the tower, kind of a kitschy old theater. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's great examples of other Pantages theaters that have come back from the rubble. Oh, but it can be done. I it mean, can be. It can be done. Yeah, it's, it's just the money to, just to bring it back to bring it. So I look at things differently than most people to bring it back up sure. to code to where it could be functioning as a public building sure. again daunting yeah that's <laughs> a lot yep. of work it is a lot of work you know but i they're in man they're they're all in on that and good for them yeah. I, I i love to see when someone has such like passion. passion that they just do what they can so who owns it now the uh the city owns it the city owns it and is so is a private buyer trying to purchase it from the city or fix it up for from, the city or okay i'm trying to think if i get this right um the, if you don't, it's okay. We'll just say it was your fault. Yeah, my fault. <laughs> um, the city's actually giving it to a developer, and it's Heinz, and they own the building right next to it. Oh, so okay. the city has has said that they were going to give it to them. And are they the ones planning on tearing it down, or what are they? Yeah, and then Heinz wants to tear it down. And, and put up something that'll generate tax revenue. Surprise. They want to put in condos Weird. or apartments. Weird. You know. Like, I don't know, this huge skyscraper, all glass. Oh, but that was the other thing. When we went downtown this last weekend, I, had, I hadn't been downtown really since COVID started, maybe once. There's a ton of new buildings they're putting up. Yeah. Over yeah. There. Big skyscraper. Over there by Ruby Snap, that whole area. Yeah. They, yep. They tore down a bunch of those old crappy apartments yep. and duplexes, and they're building those great big condo units it's crazy they've got to man we don't have housing well we don't have affordable housing either yeah no that's true you know so yeah, and this stuff doesn't help with the affordable no. yeah <laughs> these these places are not helping with affordable what these housing. places what these places do is help the rich people from california that yeah. sold their three million dollar home well so there's a place to live there's the condo we did downtown right across from temple square with the big rounded windows mm-hmm. that was three and a half million. Oh my yeah. god so, on, gosh, it's between 4th and 5th. It's on 4th South, on where the four, old Salt Lake Roasting Company Right. Was. So, it's it's basically the building that is next was next to the, uh, the new police fire station and stuff. That's, my building backs up onto that. So, oh, like, okay. we can see them working out in their workout, because they're just across the street across the way behind. So, we're behind neighbors. But that new building that they're, that they're doing, that's all... I believe it's all low-income affordable housing with retail in the base to make up for costs. Sure. And it, I mean, I don't know how, it's been a year since I've been there. They're they're building micro-apartments there, too. Right. So they're, like, they're one-bedroom places for a single man that Mm -hmm. doesn't need two bedrooms, Mm -hmm. you know, and and just has a small kitchen and stuff. Um, Anyway, it's supposed to be a bunch of, it's supposed to be, like legit affordable 
low-income mm-hmm. housing that's that's subsidized partially by the state and partially by the retail, whatever they're going to put in retail. Yeah. And I don't know what that and is. And I know a lot of the new complexes are also getting partially subsidized by the state and by the county because they're doing a mixed use inside sure. as well. So. Well, and they're also saying, you know, hey, we'll do so much of our apartments or our condos or, you know, whatever are going to be fixed, low. In- yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of like what what is low income then, you know? So you build a 300, you know, building 300 apartment building and 10% of it has to be 30 low income. So you got 30, but what is, is that $400? You know, everyone else in that building is paying what? $1,200 a month. You know, so 1200 two bedroom house, the, the, or two bedroom apartment in Salt Lake right now is around 1700. Yeah. So, so they're paying, you know, thousands of dollars, right. To live in there. They're not going to be renting out those low income for, you know, what low-income people need, which is, you know, four. Yeah, that's what I said. The low income is 1200 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the low income? Well, yeah, I, that's the low I, income. I think so now, yeah, because with, <laughs> I mean, with the, the, the cost is just, when, you know, people tell me, they're like, I've got a two-bedroom place. It's all right. It's $1,700. i am like, are you fucking kidding me? When I lived in a two-bedroom apartment back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, it was like $600 got you a nice place. Right, like Abington yeah. Park, I think we paid, I think we paid combined like five hundred bucks a month for a two bedroom, like twelve hundred square foot apartment at Atherton Park. My first apartment was like, I think, I think two fifty a month. Yeah, <laughs> so. and now it's a good deal that my daughter has this little teeny tiny bedroom up in Research Park that she pays $500 a month yep. for. And it, it barely fits her queen-size bed. Oh. There's no room for a dresser, so we got her a bed that has some drawers underneath. Now, luckily, she's sharing with, like, one of her friends, and it's the, it's her grandma that rents it. But So, like, it's nice, and she... But it's she 500 a bucks a month for one of the rooms. But one room. Yeah. I mean, she has a parking space, so I guess the parking space, too, is nice. But, but still. But 500 bucks for so a room that barely fits her queen-size bed. Yeah, so basically it's like 1500 bucks a month for the whole place uh, that is, you know, rent-controlled because it's grandma's. Sure. <laughs> right? Sure. Like, oh, yeah. But that that kind of place, honestly, that, that, that place probably would go for $2,300, $2,400 right yep. now on the market. I mean, the house at the bottom of the street here is over $2,600 a month for rent. It's it's wild. And there's like four families living in it because yeah, that's what you have to do. It's insane. I can't, I can't fathom it. Yeah. I think when I was in college, I paid $300 a month. Yeah. Well, and this is why, <laughs> honestly, this is why... Uh, this is, this is why LA has the kind of problem that it has. Uh, sure. Uh, you know, with, with giant homeless camps. And if you've been downtown, especially in Rio Grande, guess what? They tore down the homeless shelter. They and just there's put tents up everywhere. everywhere. They just yeah. put up tent city down where, where the Rio well, Grande. Well, just, and not even just there. Like, they're all over. Yeah. You get a, a chunk of grass and there's a tent, you know, that's. Well, and they're setting it up on cement. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't even have to be grass. They're just, Finding places where there's a little bit of wind breaking. But that's up a tent. like if you go into L.A. right now, that's how L.A. is in a lot of neighborhoods, giant tent cities. And it's just migrating here because housing costs are just unaffordable. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yep. These old buildings don't help either. Oh, these old houses. Those old houses. Are worth so much money. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, too, because even like the really nice houses, honestly, the land's probably worth more than the home itself. In a lot of places, like up in Sugar House. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's why people will will buy those houses and then tear them down yeah. and put up a house that 
like so, really has no business. That looks really that. weird. Exactly. Yeah. There's it, it's not aesthetically pleasing to the entire neighborhood. I have a client right now that bought a house on Westminster. Dumpy little house, five hundred thousand. Yep, because of the land. So he can bulldoze it, bulldoze it, and, and build a new one. Build but, a, but it's Westminster. You're not. There's no lots on Westminster yeah. Avenue downtown. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. When my friend was flipping houses, they were buying. Uh, they're in the Mill Creek area, so they're on the S curve by the OC Tanner lot. Sure, like they li- That's where they live. They bought a lot, maybe. T- what is it? Maybe five, seven houses down from them or something. They were going to flip it. Um, they decided not to. So they took all the stuff out of it because the people let, like, I actually took the fridge out of it. It was a really nice fridge and I had it forever. <laughs> but like, they, there was a bunch of stuff left behind that they took out of it. They took that one house down, split the lot, and built two houses on it. Yeah. So. It's wild. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Well, and that's what developers are doing now. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to fit as many, as much as they can in, you know, those that's little. Like, it's like over by the Riverton post office. They bought those four houses, tore them down and put in a jungle of condos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's what, you, I mean, that's what it, most of what's being built right now are those bigger, you know, uh, high density housing yep. units, you know, condos. Even right out here by Westview, they put up all that high density condo stuff. Um, townhouses and condos because you can just fit more. Uh, and the closer you get to downtown, the more up we're going now. With sure. That. So. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of areas now that, like, take for instance, you guys were talking about the um, historic home store with Preservation Utah mm-hmm. that was in Holiday. Yeah. Um, and that was like Stephen McDonald had built a lot of those homes for the, um, was it the home parade back in the 40s. Yeah, the parade of homes yeah, in the 40s, home. yeah. Um, and all with Japanese peace gardens in the backyard. <laughs> because that was what was, like, huge back then, right? Um, but the people in that neighborhood, like, they have banded together. And I, I don't know the status of it now, but they were, were working really hard to get a hor- historic preservation on their neighborhood because they were tired of, you know, developers the developers that. coming in, ripping down these houses and building stuff that doesn't look like their neighborhood. I mean, they took a lot of pride in these houses. And in one house that we actually were on the street that day interviewing homeowners, you know, hey, can we come and let 100 people come through your house and, you know, on a Saturday? Um, there was a bulldozer out in front of a Stephen McDonald house that, you know, had been built the same time. And by the time we left two hours later, it was gone. it was gone. And it was just so heartbreaking. And, you know, the neighbors were like, that's why we need... To well, get a an ordinance in our neighborhood, we you know we don't want these these homes being demolished for that. And that's what it takes. And and honestly, like most most community councils, like city councils of, of various areas, if if the neighborhood, if enough people from the neighborhood come together and say, "Hey, we want to stop this. Can we get this kind of zoning, or can we get this kind of you know approval requirement?" Uh, city councils listen to that stuff because not enough people show up at city council meetings. Exactly. And that's what like a lot of people will ask me like, Hey, what can we do to keep these buildings from being, I'm like, then you, you, you got to start showing up. You have to tell your council members, you have to, you know, write letters. You need to make phone calls. I'm like, you have to show up and you have to tell them you're not happy with what this going because historic preservation doesn't happen in a vacuum. It actually really needs, right. Like it, it relies support. heavily on community support. That's who really drives it. Yeah. And don't be one of those people that's like, 
man, I really like this theater and I'm sad that it's going away, but I didn't patronize it for 20 years. Like, if you want businesses like that to exist, like, I'm thinking of, uh, what's the rug place now? The Alibaba Rugs or whatever yeah. it is that used to be a the theater. The Villa Theater. The Villa oh, Theater. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when the Villa Theater was finally going away and they were changing it, everyone was all upset. And I'm like, yeah, but when was the last time you patronized the place? It, exactly. Like, it was a working business and it failed because you stopped going so you could go to the Cinemark to to or the, the Megaplex. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It, and you can't complain when it goes out of business at that point and sells, you know, they sell the building. I'd much rather go to an old theater. I lived in Berkeley, California for a couple of years <laughs> and they had really cool, you know, old uh, we, movie theaters and those were just so cool. Did we talk about the, the silent movie theater that's over by 33rd, the Oregon house, uh, when you were on with no. this last time? So there's, and I can't remember, it's like, it's, it's over by that Century Theater somewhere. Um, uh, but it played, they play silent movies. Uh, okay. and it's like in a, it's like an old oh, I've barn. Oh, heard of this. Yes. Um, yes. And they have an old organ there. Um, I gotta find where it's called now. Are they still doing it even with COVID? Uh, I doubt they're doing it with, um, COVID. Um, I think they're well, Hopefully right they now. can, they can hang uh, on. <laughs> Edison Street Events is the name of the place and it is literally across the street from the Century 16 on 33rd. Oh, nice. So I have like, heard of that. Yeah. It's behind, you know, there's like a, I think there's a Chinese or a Thai place back there. It's behind that. Okay. So that little street there that's got like the pizza joint. I oh, that Chinese a, place has been there. The crown. The ever pawn since shop. I remember. <laughs> yeah. That pawn shop that's right there. Yep. It's that street between the pawn okay. shop and the pizza place or the, the Chinese place. Um, and it's like a, it's just an old, um, little like almost like a barn, but it's an old silent theater and they have like an organ and they play silent movies. That's awesome. It's been around for years and years and years. I think so. the the last movie I saw at the villa was actually Casablanca. <laughs> and that was so awesome to sit like in a theater and see Casablanca on the big screen. I mean, I'm a Humphrey Bogart fan. I'll, 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 you know, any, you show a Humphrey Bogart movie in any theater, I'm going to go because I want to see him on the big screen. But that was just so cool. That's cool. And, uh, speaking of that, like, honestly, like the, the, most of the theaters right now because of COVID and they, there aren't new movies being produced. No one's going to the movies because COVID, uh, and they're still trying to stay alive. You can rent out a whole theater for like a hundred bucks yeah. and bring like 20 of your My brother friends. did that. We've done it three times. Yeah. How, really? Yeah, my, it, my brother did that for, I think, one of his kids' birthdays. And, and you can see old movies like that. Like they, they have a you lot. You can of, request a movie. Yeah. You can request movies. They also have a list of movies and they so, change them up constantly. We so went we and saw, saw League of Their Own a couple weeks ago. So oh, the first really? movie we saw was, was National it Christmas Lessons, time? We Christmas saw National Vacation. <laughs> right. Um, which is, I guess, a tradition for one of our, the, our friends in the group. So My they were super excited. Still Why is the carpet movie? wet, Todd? <laughs> so <laughs> it was, know, it was fun because it was our friends. And so we could like yell yeah, at the screen talk and talk screen. and stuff. And then, um, uh, the, the women in our group, the wives, we just call them the wives in the group. Um, we went and saw Pride and Prejudice and a couple of them brought their daughters and oh, very sisters cool. and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then like we said, we went and saw a league of their own. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> it was, and it was fun to be able to sing along and yell at the screen and oh, laugh that is fun. and yep. point at it. And but they've been showing a lot of older stuff too, like Sound of Music. And for uh, Hannah's birthday, she's taking her friends on Thursday, and they're going to go see Clue. Yeah, well, the old, oh, the old, old original. 80s Clue. Do I get to? Do I get to go too? I, I've, to. I've invited, is, she's gone to two of the movies that I've had. If you want to, I'm positive. <laughs> Hands down, one of my all-time favorite movies, it's Clue. Great. Clue. It's great. 
Who are so. you? I'm the butler. What do you do? I buttle. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Curry. Oh, man, that guy's a legend. Oh, and then yeah, you he were screaming, here. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a good movie. I haven't it's seen it. Such a good movie. <laughs> Flames. Flames coming out of Flames. my head. <laughs> well, Wendy, how do people find your podcast or get a hold of you if they have a cool building they want to tell you about that you haven't figured out existed? Oh, that's cool. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Demolish Salt Lake Pod. Smallish, no, let me get that right. Demolished Salt Lake Podcast. And then I'm also on Twitter at Demolished SL Pod. Demolished, not demolish. Yeah, demolished. Like past tense, it's already Gee, happened. See, I can't even get my, I can't even get my own marketing. <laughs> I do marketing for a living and I can't even get my own marketing right. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it's a hobby, not a job, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please give it a listen. I, I need to get my viewership or my listenership up. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't even know what you actually do with a podcast. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, Wendy. It's thanks for fantastic. letting me come on. Hopefully this will, you know, be one of your uh, another top rated podcasts. I'll be your lucky charm. Thanks so much. This was fun, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. That's going to do it this week uh, for the New Utah podcast. If you like what you heard, then uh, share it. If you don't, share it. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, you know, as the format changed, like we said at the beginning of the show, uh, we'd like to hear back from you. You can find us on the social medias at TNU Podcast uh, on Facebook. We're just just search for the New Utah Podcast. You'll find us, uh, or you can you can email us the New Utah Podcast at gmail dot com. You can go to our website thenewutah dot com. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. Um, lots of ways to tell us what you think. If you don't like it, if you like the longer form shows. Um, if you like the shorter stuff with the more concentrated interviews, uh, that's that's what we're looking for. Um, sorry, Jess couldn't make it this week. Uh, that's just life sometimes. And uh, thanks to our guest, Wendy, uh, for joining us. We appreciate that. Always fun. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything this week. I'm all out of my... Uh, I'm getting my shot on Thursday. Oh, yeah, that's First right. One. That's right. You've got to get one just second COVID. one. Chris, um, it's coming up. Yeah, a couple of weeks in a week. I don't know, something like that. April 12th. 12th. It's the day before you get your I'm eyes I'm also dead. getting smile surgery. Yeah, no one knows what that is. I have no idea what that is. When you say, I'm getting smile surgery, everyone thinks that you're getting plastic surgery on your mouth. So you're going to look like a joker. It's the mix between LASIK and... Uh, PRK surgery. Yeah, it's a it's eye corrective gotcha. surgery. So, so she's she's go. What, what's going to happen is she's going to lose her resting bitch face because they're going to give her a new smile. Nice smile surgery. Then we won't have to wonder is she mm. mad or is that just her face? She's rarely mad. It's just her face. I just don't laugh and smile and stuff very often. Yeah, she's not a great fun person, you know. But she's rarely mad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love her. She's a great fun person. I'm actually mad most of the time. <laughs> That's my secret. I'm always angry. You're the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of the Hulk, we didn't talk about this because it has nothing to do with Utah, but we're at the end, end of the show, so I can say whatever I want. Most people have already turned it off. Uh, the the new Captain America, the new uh, Falcon and yeah. Winter Soldier. Man, that was good. Watched oh. the first episode last weekend. That was and nice. It's good. It was really good. Um, very, very. This is the thing that I really enjoy about Marvel Studios right now is WandaVision was such a different show. WandaVision is a show all about someone's personal. I guess they're both about they're both both about yeah, the it's handling about- of personal loss. I mean, in, in her case, she's lost everyone. Everyone that she's ever cared about, she's lost, and it's how she's dealing with it and internalizing it. And, or not. 
Yeah, or not dealing with it and trying to, <laughs> you know, avoid it. But how she's doing that and what, what it's triggering for her. And clearly Falcon and Winter yeah. Soldier is about these two people and their loss and, and their, their handling problems. Because Falcon with his sister and not to give anything away, but that whole yeah. thing. And then Winter Soldier trying to make up for all of the issues and now nah, it's been really cool it's I've, i'm really liking this one yeah it's i I'm, I'm very interested to see how it all plays out i'm super excited for the storyline um i'm fucking over the moon that disney and marvel have teamed up uh to to produce marvel has series. the ideas disney has the money yeah well let's not fucking kid ourselves marvel has the goddamn money disney just has the disney has the actual studios and everything else like they have all of that stuff and now that they have 20th century fox they also have the rights to all the fucking x-men so now we can see x-men in the marvel That's universe like they're in fucking WandaVision, supposed to be. oh yeah spoiler you got to see uh Quicksilver. yeah um, from the X-Men play Pietro, Pietro, his, her brother, Who's Quicksilver. The Flash. I mean, yeah, but she well, recast him. DC. She recast Pietro. Recast <laughs> I thought it was fun. It's I like great. that actor. He's, oh, he's the, he's the American horror stories actor. Yeah, I he's think awesome. He's, great. he's a really good actor. Yeah. So anyway, this has been, uh, this has <laughs> been, uh, Marvel super fan hour brought to you uh, by the letter, the letter M, M. <laughs> and the new Utah podcast. So, uh, thanks for listening. And, um, only the good die young. <laughs>